Hello out there, planet Earth, and happy Friday. Welcome to October, fall temperatures, and playoff baseball for everyone. It's Friday, and it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, or in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium-Sized Business. For the last 20 years, I've been a consultant for SMBs, a voice and a sounding board for business leaders advocating on their behalf, their employees too. I believe very strongly in sharing stories, providing perspective, and creating connection. So every single Friday, you can find me right here on talkradio.myc doing just that, lending what's left of my mind and my voice to this radio show where I interview SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. One thing that I've noticed over the years is that some of the best thought leadership for businesses actually happens on Friday, right about that time we feel the freedom of the weekend coming. However, we're also anxious to start the weekend, myself included. These crucial pearls of wisdom, they're forgotten, they're overlooked, they're swept aside under the rug in favor of our fun weekend activities and our freedom from work. Here on the show, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity. We discuss popular topics that are on the minds of business leaders and their trusted advisors. Once again, the name of the show, not just to play on words, everybody. My last name actually means free in German, so a little bit of method behind the madness. I wanted to thank my guest from last week, uh, Rabbi Levi Wallaceau and the entire team at Chabad of Western Monmouth County here in central New Jersey. Great work with Project Roche, the services and the activities for the kids these past two weeks. Very grateful for everything you do. For all my Jewish brethren out there, I hope you had a safe and meaningful fast for Yom Kippur this past week. Definitely a holiday for some deep personal reflection and some gluttonous eating, if you're me, following the fast. But the deep personal reflection side of things is very relatable to our topic of discussion today, which is all about mindful meditation for employee wellness. Employee wellness programming is a topic that's on the minds of many SMBs, especially following the pandemic. These programs will often focus on boosting the physical health of employees with gym memberships and healthy snacks, etc. That said, there's also the idea of promoting mental health through these programs by offering certain activities that are intended to reduce stress. While SMB owners usually don't intend to stress out their employees, there are certainly times where jobs can cause stress and mental anguish. Business leaders can show their employees that they recognize those stressful times and they're willing to help out however they can. Our special guest today is someone who SMBs can call to bring mindful meditation into the workplace, make the teachings easy to follow, and leave employees with practical strategies to integrate these new skills into their daily lives. Talk is cheap. We know that. We're on talkradio.myc. We don't want this to just be talk. The goal here is let's use the insight on the SMB landscape and create more impact on Monday morning. Far too often, the businesses that I've worked with and spoken to over the years, they're focused on the product that's going to solve all of their problems. The shiny new mousetrap, the magic wand, the magic bullet, one consistent thing I see out there is that the products change every single day in everything that we do. Personal business doesn't really matter. There's no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first and keeping an eye on the process that's really going to help you achieve your goal. If you do that, the right products will be there when you need them. Everything begins and ends with the people. So you all know I love to surround myself with the right people. We have a great show for you here today. Our special guest is none other than Jennifer Moness, founder and director at the Meditation Lab. So Jennifer is a certified yoga teacher, 
uh, meditation facilitator, founder and director of the Meditation Lab, based out of Irvington, New York. Jennifer works throughout the country sharing her programs, an experimental exploration of mindfulness and movement with corporate executives as well as faculty, administrators, and school-aged children in both public and private schools. Since the program was founded in 2016, the Meditation Lab has been integrated into over 50 businesses and not-for-profit organizations, as well as 40 schools and competitive travel athletic organizations throughout the country. Participants are taught meditation techniques in simple, practical ways to reduce stress, increase focus, and improve performance. Jennifer has a unique way of delivering her message and makes what could be an intimidating subject fun and relevant. Thank God. The tools and techniques she shares reinforce that happiness is a skill which you can train just the way that you train your body at the gym. With consistent practice, meditation can improve your work, relationships, and health. Jennifer has been practicing yoga and meditation since 1996. She has shared her program with more than 20,000 people since its inception. Jennifer is awesome, the ideal person to chat with about this topic. As always, we're going to discuss my favorite questions. Who's your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument? And who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? You know I can't help myself. Joining us from her home base in Westchester, New York, just down the street from the legendary Sleepy Hollow, which is a fun spot to hang out around Halloween this time of year for sure. Jennifer, welcome to Always Friday. Great to have you join us today. You do have to unmute, though. Studies show I can't hear you when you're on mute. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Me too. Me too. Your mission is one that hits home with me so well, whether you're talking about the workplace, the school campus, the athletic center, or even really hitting your own home. The idea of sharing mindfulness practices to help people, both children and adults, better manage stress, increase focus, regulate emotions. It's so powerful to me. You got to tell us how you got where you are today. Oh, wow. That's a good question. So um, I started a yoga teacher training program in the middle of a job. I was working at the time in the public sector, very, very long hours. And um, my friend said, you really have to do a yoga class within one yoga class. I was like, oh, I love this practice. Um, and on the side, got my my teacher training certification. I ended up leaving the public sector to teach in yoga studios, um, ended up being invited to a TV show, which was very exciting on the Health Network, and cool. um, stayed in studios for about 10 years before I had this burning desire to bring the practice not only of mindful movement, but of meditation outside of the outside of the studio. The challenge being that those who were open to the practice and excited about it would come to the studio. And all of those that were except skeptical, I'm thinking of yourself, were like, there's no way, this isn't for me, I'm not coming. So I'm like, I have to find a way to bring this to people in the comfort of their own home or in their own office or in the schools if I'm working with children. Even if there's not buy-in at the time, if I'm there and their employer suggests that they need to give it a try, I at least have a chance to deliver my message. Because the hardest part, of course, is just getting started. With damn near anything. Yeah. It's, and I'm definitely not skeptical. I love this discussion. I'm very excited about it. So the, the physical health and well-being as part of employee wellness programs is one thing. The mental health and well-being, it's, if you're in a bad spot mindset-wise, it's you're you're almost not capable of being your, your your best self or your best employee or doing your best work. So you know, talk to talk to us a little bit about you know moving from the the setting of public sector and schools and kids and things like that to 
you know, the world of corporate America and small, medium sized businesses. Such an interesting shift. Again, the idea behind it being the same, that the resistance and the reluctance is always there, the the resistance to even giving something new a try. But there was really a strong um, surge when we started the pandemic. And I think many of the human resources directors that I was talking to suggested we need some type of programming. People are feeling disconnected. At the time, I don't even think it was necessarily, it didn't matter what I was teaching. It was just something to bring people together. Right. As time passed, I think more and more people started to see the value in these types of tools that are so, they're very simple. I think sometimes we think of them as overwhelming or I have to sit in a chair like this for 20 minutes, you know, looking pristine like I'm on the top of a mountain. But in fact, I can do some simple stretches in my chair or some breathing techniques that are really going to help me increase focus, as you suggested, or, you know, deepen sustained attention, but also to just feel better in my body um, so that I can make clearer and better decisions, especially when I'm, when I'm cut, caught up in a very you know, stressful moment and not necessarily able to, to see things with as much clarity as I need to. I, I see this is so important for the SMB community. Again, business owners and business leaders, when you have a small, medium-sized business, you're immersed in a lot of the daily trenches of running the business. So it's important to take a take a step back and really get some different perspective on this. Even in, in my own house, like my, my daughters are 10 and 7, I feel like this is something that should be ingrained early with them. And I feel like you would probably agree. You have a, you have a couple kids, don't you? I have six children. Um, no one's 10 and 7 anymore. They're now 16 to 26. But I have to tell you, Stephen, I'm really smiling because that's what I saw in my own home, knowing that my children were never going to be listening to me if I made the suggestion, right? It's almost like the, the hairdresser's children always have, you know, long, unkept <laughs> hair. But that is where the idea came for starting the program initially in the schools. Like, oh my gosh, if this is something that just happened where my children are every day, it would just become a natural part of their, you know, the way in which they go about their lives. And so looking at small and medium-sized businesses, if this was a program that happened every Wednesday or something that people felt comfortable doing, taking 10 minutes out of their day before it starts or in the middle of the day to close their eyes, to do some simple movements in their chair, to be counting their breaths or lengthening their exhale, all the little things that we can talk about later. Um, all of a sudden now, it, it doesn't feel so you know, weird anymore. It just feels yeah. like this is just what I do. This is part of my morning or afternoon routine. Just like brushing your teeth, like you can't imagine not brushing your teeth, right? Now it's just <laughs> something that you always do. We want it to feel that like natural and organic. I feel like it would be such a great practice. My my younger one actually embraced. I don't know if you've seen Yoga with Jamie videos, but it's, it's something that's on on YouTube. My kids are YouTube addicts as much as I try to break them away, but it's something that my younger one actually used to do before school. I'd love to bring something like that back and get them into it. But when you have a house full of six kids, it's like if you don't take a moment of mindfulness, it's it's guaranteed almost to be chaos for the rest of the day. It's guaranteed. By the way, it's probably chaos even if you do take a moment right. of mindfulness. Yeah. But but no question about it. And initially, my kids were like, oh, my gosh, you're coming into our school to do this. They were literally like, oh, this is going to be terrible. But in fact, feedback was so positive that all of a sudden they were like, oh, mom, come back. Everyone really likes it. Right. Everyone needs to find a way to unplug and, de you know, settle, de-stress, whatever you want to call that. And then you reenter and you're a much better version of yourself. See that you might have helped the kids, kids become the most popular kids in school. 
Possibly. possibly. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with Jennifer Moness, founder and director at the Meditation Lab. Stay with us. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. And it's me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with my new friend, Jennifer Moness, founder and director at the Meditation Lab. Before we get into the method behind Jennifer's madness, I wanted to sit out at one of my Zen places for just a second, which I, I tend to call my fire pit. And uh, since I went to Agunquit recently, which I was telling you about, Jen, I, I also think of it as sitting by the coast where I get a quick moment of Zen to actually think of something. But just a quick perspective, there's, there's no magic wand for this, right? It takes conditioning. Anytime I think of physical de-stressing and, and yoga, which I know we're going to talk more about meditation, but I, I think of the one time that I tried it and was in pain for a month. And I was just like, yeah, this, this really does take conditioning. You can't just jump into this. But uh, I also, I, I have to tell this real quick. I also think of the late comedian, John Panette. I'm a big you know comedy guy. I love it. I was fortunate enough to meet him before he passed away. One of the routines that he talked about along the way, you know, big guy, 400 pound guy, you know, he walked into a yoga studio to give it a shot at one point, And the first thing they told him to do was put his head up his butt, basically. And he raises his hand and just, uh, I can't do that. Look at me. I can't do that. And they said, oh, it's no problem. It's no problem. Just do what you can. And he said, so I left. 
You know, it's, you really got to give it more time than that, obviously. But, you know, aside from the physical de-stressing, the mindset and mindfulness piece is super important. And in many cases, this can make all the difference with the employees, even if it's somebody who's not so focused on being a pillar of health. You know, doing the meditation side of things and topics we're going to get into with Jen here shortly, you know, it allows you to observe yourself for the appropriate perspective. And you guys know I'm really big on perspective. No matter what your business is, the closer you are to it, the harder it can be to see things as an outsider and explain it to other people. The same thing can be said about your own body. No one's closer to your own body than you. I want to read something real quick from an article that Jen contributed to last year, The Calming Guide to Reducing Stress and Anxiety in Westchester Magazine. It was March 17th, 2021. It says, meditation, on the other hand, allows us a bit of perspective so that we can observe ourselves, observe the mind moving all around and create a bit of space from it so we feel a little more detached from the chatter. The chatter loses its charge and doesn't have such a strong power over us because we're not in its grip. We're creating that space that allows us to be a little less connected to that stressful dialogue. Yet many shy away from really giving meditation a try and giving it the time that it deserves. A lot of people think there's no way I'll be able to do it just because I'm I'm not a relaxed person. We all know people like that. We know anxiety-ridden people that just have spilkus ants in their pants. They can't sit still, right? Like any other skill, you have to think of it like exercising a muscle that you haven't really worked out before. Over time and with consistent practice, that muscle will get stronger. So it does take that conditioning. So, Jennifer, this is the method part of the show where we like to talk about the science behind what you do. Simply put, the idea is what do you do, how do you do it, and how do you go to market for it? Give us a little bit of an overview. So that's that's such a great question. I'd love to talk about the science behind it. So what I do is I invite people to be in their desk chair. Typically, the sessions are done virtually, although sometimes I have the opportunity to work in person. Um, we're all collective as a group. You have the option to turn your camera off or not if you want a little more privacy. But I'm leading people through a 30-minute program. We start with some mindful breathing, just noticing where we feel the sensations of the breath most clearly, either at the nose or the chest or the abdomen. We might then begin to count the beats to our inhale and to our exhale without manipulating it anyway, just kind of noticing how it's appearing, noticing how it's changing. And then we will start to lengthen the out-breath. So that is the science behind this practice, is that when we start to stretch out our exhale, we send very clear messages to our nervous system through our brain that it's time to settle and relax and focus. And so... I mean, the true science is that we are strengthening the front of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, and we are relaxing the back of our brain, the area of our brain that gets very overexcited and agitated when we're experiencing stress. So um, no pun intended, but there is science behind it. And then I lead people through some very simple, gentle stretches, um, just a little side lean at your chair maybe a little spinal twist, a forward bend, a back bend. So you start to release some tension from your body and physically relax. And now people start to make this connection between, oh, physically relaxed, all of a sudden, how does that feel in my body? Okay, now how does that feel in my mind? And Mm -hmm. now you're ready to close your eyes if you're comfortable doing that. And I lead you through a very simple three-step meditation. Um, Most people find that the experience can change a lot. If I'm with a company every week or if I'm with a company once a month, 
Um, the outcome might feel different when your eyes are closed. There might be a lot of chatter one day. It might be really quiet another day. But knowing that no matter what, the benefits are there, no matter what happens, each time you're practicing meditation, you're building up this core muscle of concentration, of clarity, and of a word that's super long and no one really knows what it means, but equanimity, which just means whatever's <laughs> happening in my day, I'm going to relate to that in a more neutral way. I'm going to take it as it comes. I'm not going to overreact. And now I'm responding skillfully to difficult moments or situations, which we all know um, arise in, in the course of the business world in our day. Um, and, and it makes us just much more effective. Yeah, there's without a doubt, there's a quote that you have in your article and going a little bit more into detail like this. And I love this piece because when you're running your own business, the fight or flight response can be a big thing, right? You said breathing exercises are a natural answer to the unrest we all feel daily. And most SMB owners and leaders can really feel daily unrest, especially certain times of the year. But when we experience stress, the fight or flight response is activated. Your heart rate's elevated. You have adrenaline moving through your body and cortisol, you know, to really quote the scientific piece of it. But, uh, you know, when we start to take some long, deep breaths in very patterned, rhythmic ways, we actually signal our nervous system that now, in response to fight or flight, we can rest and digest. The heart rate is lowered and blood pressure goes down. This is one of those classic examples where I myself, like I, I completely identify with this concept yet kind of like you were talking about before the idea of the cobbler's kid's shoes were always worn. The hairdresser's kid's hair is always unkempt. It's like, I, I don't, I don't think of it at the time, but this is a very important point. How do you get this point through to people, whether they're students in public school or private school or, you know, folks who are in the normal insane asylum of corporate America on a daily basis? That's a great question. The first step is offering the experience. So most of my workshops are twofold. There's an experience and then there's the education. We need the education to create buy-in, right? Once you hear that there's science behind this, that there's research from major universities and Ivy League institutions, and we know that we're impacting and changing the brain, there's neuroplasticity, that creates some buy-in. But until you actually are able to provide people with this experience, starting with the movement of the body, because as you know, asking someone to just close their eyes in the middle of the workday is like something that is so daunting and, and so impractical. But if we start to move and breathe a little bit and feel physically that shift, and then we start to explore and play with the practices and slowing the breath down, now people open their eyes and say, okay, I can see that I do feel better from beginning to end. And now let's talk about ways to integrate it into your day. So just step one is like, please just give me a chance to let me share this with you, let you give it a try. And then we can talk about how are we going to make this part of your everyday life? Just like brushing your teeth, just like drinking a cup of coffee. These are all part of your ingrained habits. We want this practice, even if it's just three minutes a day, to become part of just your routine. And then after a while, just like you can't imagine, if you didn't brush your teeth, you would know that you didn't. That's how we want you to start viewing this practice. Like, oh, yeah, I don't feel quite the same way because I didn't take that time. Once we have that, you're hooked. Then, then, then that rest is rest is easy. You just gave me the magic ingredients on how to get it through to my wife. If I make it part of the day, it's like before the coffee, you got to do this. 
it's like she crushes four four to six cups every morning before she leaves for the office so it's if it's if it was done before that it would definitely definitely get on the right track i would think yeah and steven i just want to share there is actually research around this creation of healthy habits and it's called habit stacking and so whatever your thing is tea coffee your morning run if that's something that you already have established then just placing this with that there's a greater likelihood that you will be successful in you know having this as a the next on your list of healthy habits I like that concept, habit stacking. Although with me, it probably wouldn't work out in the, uh, in the healthy positive. It'd be more of a party than anything else, probably. But, you know, going back to the corporate setting, you know, there's definitely some huge value to doing this virtually and getting it to, into people's heads and into their habits while they're sitting at their desk and can make some simple movements. But, you know, from some of the pictures and content I see of you out there, it looks like you're no stranger to being in front of a microphone out in the open. I'm assuming this might be more of the, the school and athletic field type of thing but have you had an instance yet where corporate america or smbs that you're working with they're willing to take everybody out of the office setting to really get a moment of zen somewhere that's a great question that actually that picture was from the jcc so i do a lot of work at the jcc so we had families at that uh event most of my work is done um virtually, as I said, but before the pandemic, I was doing a lot of corporate retreats. I did a lot of work for the NBA and they pull everyone out of the office, go down to the Sheraton for the day. And I was one of the, you know, one of the sessions that ran all day long. And a few of my clients, um, Estee Lauder has me coming into the office doing work out in their headquarters in Melville. So I think slowly we're starting to see that shift of, of bringing me back, of bringing me back in. There's, it's interesting. Both are very powerful. I think twice a year to have me meeting and connecting with people and having everyone together that accomplishes one thing. And then to continue the practice, having me present every Friday at lunchtime or Wednesdays in the morning for Wellness Wednesday, not only are we bringing people together, but we are doing more than connecting socially. We are closing our eyes and practicing. So there, there's a balance between the two. I think they're both important and meaningful and check different boxes. I like the idea of the Friday afternoon thing after my show. Nice moment of Zen sounds pretty good. But you mentioned the NBA. It's like, and we're, we're getting close to the end of the segment. Like we're about to go to the madness portion of things, which is, you know, tends to be one of my favorite parts of the show. But you know, you talk about you know, schools and gyms and competitive youth sports and everything. And, and you've done some of this work for the NBA for players, for back office folk, for all of the above. What, what, what was that like? That's a great question. So. The first work that I did was with back office people, all people, you know, executives and employees. I mean, we had about a thousand people down at the Sheraton and they would come in right in groups of 50 to 100 because there were other sessions that they were attending in the day. And then I was invited to go down to Orlando. Um, it was the first annual junior NBA world championship event, which was really pretty amazing at ESPN. Um, and there were over 1,500 young people, teenagers, 16 to 18 years old from, I think, 32 countries. And so I was actually running workshops with all of these incredible young people and several players who are um, who are now retired and actually being translated in different languages, which is pretty amazing. But wow. the picture that you have, um, it, it looked by the end of the practice, it always looked like that picture up above because I always take... Um, time at the end to have everyone come lie down. If that's not something you can do in your office, it's fine. But some people, if they're working from home in our corporate sessions, 
love the idea that at the end of the practice, I'm going to come lie down and do a nice guided visualization body scan to be releasing different areas of the body before I then, you know, end the practice. Well, it's been on my to-do list uh, since the pandemic time to get one of the hydraulic desks that raises up and down so I can actually stand up even while doing my show. But see how far I got on that. I'm uh, sitting here nice and comfy with an arch on my back and everything so I can sit and talk to you. Well, at least you have the arch support. That's good. But the standing desk is, I'm going to nudge you to do that. All right. I'll take a little nudging in that direction. We're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back with Jennifer Moness, founder and director at the Meditation Lab. Stay with us, everybody. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We are chatting with Jennifer Moness, founder and director at the Meditation Lab. We've taken our halfway stretch, if you will, of Always Friday, and we're getting into the madness portion of the show. This is, Jennifer, the artistic observational view, stories you have from the field, no subject too taboo, anything goes. Tell us what you've seen out there, you know, particularly if, if there were things that changed up as far as your business model, too, during the pandemic to really get, you know, delivery of, of your message and your way out to people. You know, it's always a popular topic of conversation these days. But, you know, again, employee wellness is something that's that's on the tip of tongues of HR professionals, business owners, businesses small and large not always followed through with though it's like something that people have done a lot of research on and some physical some mental but it's not always not always implemented which uh, I feel like you've had some of those experiences get into some of the madness with us tell us what you've seen some of the madness it's like where do I begin well I think when I when we started doing this work in the corporate space at the beginning of the pandemic 
uh, HR directors felt like there, there was a lot of time. So I, they, they were excited about me taking my time, sharing these types of programs. They were offering me like an hour at lunchtime because it was just, it was such a difficult time. Business was slow due to the pandemic. I'm talking like deep into 2020. So the big shift I'm seeing as we come out of that which is wonderful is that people are more busy at work and there's more things going on. But the amount of time that companies have for me, they bring me in, they're excited to have me. And most recently I was told, you have 12 minutes. Can you, can you make everyone relax in 12 minutes? I was like, ooh. And this was my first time meeting people. Like When I was telling you about the education and the experience, I'm like, okay, so I guess the education part's going to be about two minutes <laughs> and the experience hopefully is 10, but I think then some, you know, somehow even 12 minutes became 11. So that, that's a little bit of madness um, within my own. Okay. People not having, no matter we were laughing at me, not unmuting at the beginning of the practice, but having the ability to make sure that everyone is muted. That's always a bit of madness because people are working virtually. <laughs> it is a practice where everyone is doing their best to have their eyes closed and try to follow along with what I'm saying, whether it was people's, you know, um, computers that they didn't put them on do not disturb. So pinging and those sort of things. And finally, like one person just screaming on the zoom, whoever's got their, you know, whatever on shut it off. So that, <laughs> one, that was a recorded session that I oftentimes come back to. Cause it just, you know, it made, that one really makes me laugh. Um, and, and, and other times it's just, Hey, we want you to come in and make everyone feel better but we're only going to have you come in once or there's no follow through with it. So for me, that's where so much of the madness is because the first time you're doing this, you're just getting used to it all. You're, you're giving it a try, but the next few sessions are really starting to make that connection that no matter not whether the experience is comfortable or uncomfortable, which oftentimes, Stephen, it is uncomfortable. Like you're listening to all those thoughts in your head, right? It's not easy, but just knowing that, oh, having the trust or the belief that whether it's easy or hard, each meditation is progress. Like each time I practice, I am building up these muscles. Like some days you just go for a run and you feel great. And other days you feel like crap, but no matter what, you know that you're conditioning your body. And this is the same way. People need more than one chance to see that and experience that. So that's, that's the challenge for me as businesses are ramping up the time that they're allocating to that and the re expectations that they have about what I'm going to be able to do, like, Oh, go work your magic in 12 minutes or work your magic two times a year. It's a little, that's harder. Yeah, de definitely. It's, uh, it, it, you know, it's, uh, it makes me think of like that eight minute abs video. It's like 12 minute mindfulness. It's like, it's not, doesn't really work that way per se. Like, but I will say from your article that you wrote, you could begin to feel benefits in as little as one to two minutes. That doesn't mean you should have 11 or 12 total to just wave the whole idea over people. Exactly. Once I have an opportunity to meet people and work with them, the idea is three, four or five sessions. Now I've created guided audios. My, my clients give them out to all of their employees as their gift. And then now you have that support and that scaffolding. You've got the audio or the app on your phone. You can use it whenever you want. And it's your go-to, but just initially, um, it's hard in 12 minutes to like, you know, to pitch it, sell it and get buy-in and then offer the experience as well. So let's let's talk about the apps on the phone for a second, because this I feel like is definitely part of the madness out there. 
you know, again, you know how I feel about people focusing on products instead of people in the process. It's to me, it's, it's far too often they're, they're putting the product front and center where it should be the other way around. You know, with that said, there are some some interesting apps and things out there. Things like Headspace come to mind, where companies will sign on for a subscription and they'll have access to Headspace. But again, like just because somebody has like I've had that in the past with places that I've done work for, like they, they'll be like, "Oh, you have access to Headspace. Good luck." Be like, "Well, that's cool. That totally puts it on me without really any sort of education or any sort of context or any sort of." human feeling behind it it's here check out this app and you know it might look like a video game in some ways where i'll play around with it a little bit but it's just a it's a product like it's a way of trying to deliver that it's not really people to me it's like do you, do you find that with some of those developments in the industry a hundred percent and most people when my hr directors are coming to me when they're reaching out to me what they're coming because they had an app or they had some sort of wellness platform right. The engagement was 2%. Zero. Yeah. They're spending all this money. Everyone's got their own password and their own login and no one's doing it. So the idea is if we introduce it in a way, include the science and give people a few chances to see, wow, these tools really can help me. And Jennifer's message really resonates with me. And wow, now I've got something with Jennifer's voice because a lot of the study suggests if I meet someone and I hear their voice and I make that connection, just like Andy Petticombe has done on Headspace, then I'm much more inclined to go to that voice again and have success with that. I mean, it's like the Pavlov's dog, you know, conversation. So um, the, there are many wonderful apps and Headspace is one of them. Calm is a great app, 10% happier. I'm I'm all about ha- apps, but you need, businesses need to pre- be providing my introduction to the practice first in order for then people to then turn to the apps and really believe that they can help. Like if you don't have the connection and the buy-in, no one's going to do it. And by the way, even if you do have that, it's still hard to create the time, but at least there's that idea of, oh no, I don't feel like myself, right? I know I don't feel like myself. And so I'm, that's why I do this because I want to feel like the best version of myself. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Pet lovers. Pet Avengers Assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We are still chatting with Jennifer Moness, founder and uh, director at the Meditation Lab. So we were talking about the different apps uh, available in the industry, which just goes to show you there's no perfect technology and no perfect app out there as the Internet to my house went out completely just now. So apologize to all you guys for uh, going dark there for a second. But Jennifer, I'm back. I'm better than ever. Sorry about that. Yay. <laughs> so yeah, we we were we were wrapping up talking about the uh, you know the different types of products and apps and things that are available in the industry, but just to give them to employee bases and be like, yeah, hey, go ahead, you're all good, doesn't necessarily do all that much. It's like you need to be able to, you know, it, what what I heard you saying along the way was it's important to have the method before the madness, which you know I think that way. Yes, it's so true, and I um the thought being that. You wouldn't just say to someone, hey, go run three miles without saying, here's some sort of way to build up to that. Here's how to get started. Here's what you might expect along the way. Um, Because once people meet this practice and they turn on an app, the initial experience, I would say nine times out of 10 is so unpleasant because it's almost like, um, oh my gosh, it's almost like the metaphor of surfing. So when you've got your surfboard and you're going out in the ocean, you're slapped with those first initial waves before you get to this kind of soft, easy space. And when you're being slapped with the waves, if no one's told you, hey, don't worry, hang in there, because when you get to the next space, it's going to be better. You most likely say, "Mm, this isn't for me. I'm out. I bail. I quit. Right. So that's the best way that I can I can somehow visualize this. And you and I were talking about that idea of like going behind the waterfall, like yes, waterfall is just the chaos of your mind. But to get behind it, you've got to walk under the water first, which initially is a little bit uncomfortable. That's why you have me to kind of help people see that. Then, by the way, you can bring in all of your apps. And I think people are much more likely to to engage and most importantly, to benefit to benefit for you as the employer. If people are now just the best versions of themselves, they're focused, they're healthy, they're a little less scattered, right. And they're handling stress in a, in a more, you know, skillful way. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's certain times a year, I I think of a lot of times the, the accounting community, which I do a lot of work with, you know, this time of year, they're, they're finishing up the, the extensions deadline and everything. It's like, if you're trying to, to call them about a new matter or something right now, it's like, good luck to you. It's like, they're trying to figure out the end of the season. It's so true. My, my accountant texted me last night saying like, I can't, I, there's very few questions I can answer for you right now. I have no capacity. Right. So that feeling of like, I'm, I'm here, I'm full. I can't, there's, there's not anything more I can do. And sometimes though, and listen, she may be at capacity that she can't answer another one of my questions, but all I was doing was reading that text going, oh, I hope she just takes one minute to breathe. Cause you can feel right. That her response, even if I'm her client there, there could have been a different way to respond in that moment. If, but it's hard when you're, when you're in it. 
Yeah. While you're talking about the, you were talking about the different ways of breathing, like getting back to the little bit of the science behind what you do. I just, I thought about some classes that I took when I was younger, like things that were in you know, theater and dramatics and things like that, where you talk about breathing diaphragmatically as opposed to just the, the normal way that you breathe. It's like, you know, really, does some of that play into, you know, what you're even teaching folks behind the desk when they're sitting in corporate America? Absolutely. When we talk about where you feel the sensations of your breath most clearly, step one is when I ask that question, I'm just inviting people to notice, right? Where is my breath strongest? And then for most, when they're stressed, either in the chest or right up here around the face or the nose, we start to ask them to place their hands on their abdomen and allow themselves to soften up that area and take some full diaphragmatic breaths. And just putting your hands in that area and feeling the movement, right, encourages the brain to make that connection that if I guide my focus to that area, all of a sudden my breath becomes fuller, a little less shallow, and my energy shifts. Definitely. You know, I want to go back to something. Some of the content that I saw about, you know, about your practice and what you're doing out there, you know, comes back to the idea of mindful parenting, the space to respond. And I'm just, I, I can't think about myself with two kids versus you with six kids. And yeah, granted, they're, they're a little older and a bunch of them out of the house and graduated college at this point. But, you know, just as far as even the way that, I react and I react is like, I always have trouble with that word react versus respond. I feel like a lot of what you do, you know, when you c cultivate a response, it's a kind of engineered, little less emotion, a little less craziness versus react. It's like the idea of being a mindful parent, in addition to having mindful children, which might be a pipe dream for a whole bunch of us, but having mindful parenting going on. Is, is a big concept that actually might even blend into the workday as well. Talk to us a little bit about this concept. I know you have some events coming up with this too. I was really inspired uh, to create this course, obviously based on my own experience and hearing my children say to me when they were sharing something that was difficult. Um, if, let's just say, okay, okay, to name one, um, my let my friend borrow the car. I was next to my friend in the passenger seat and you know now the tire is flat and and there's damage to the car. Okay. So you're having this moment where you are about to lose your mind and the, you're, so I'm like, how could you even think about letting your friend drive the car, right? That whole piece. And my daughter says to me, I don't think you were listening to me. I was telling you how scared I was. She was sharing about her fear, her that she felt pressured to do it or all the reasons behind it. I immediately went to right my reaction. I wasn't able to take a pause and listen to what she was saying. In this case, there was a story behind the story and then respond. And so I was thinking about just, if it's happening to me and I'm a pretty you know, uh, experienced practitioner, this has to be ex the experience for other parents. Um, and so we need tools, we need tools and it's an ongoing practice. And a big part of it is slowing down and listening and pausing before we react. And how do we do that? We slow our breath down. So we start with the tools that we learn in the practice. And then all of a sudden now we're rather than leaning forward, rather ready to lunge and like, you know, yell at our kids. We're sitting back, we're taking it all in. Maybe even the answer is I'm going to take a moment to think about what you just said. I just need a minute. And then we're going to have this conversation and leave the room. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it sounds silly, but all of a sudden now you're like, oh, I'm so glad that I didn't have that conversation when I was already at a 10, 
right? Let me bring myself down to a five or maybe a two or three before I handle this, you know, approach this moment. It goes along with the corporate America thoughts of don't send an email in that frame of mind. Like make the notes, put it in the draft folder, wait till you've had a little bit of time to breathe and take a moment of Zen. It's so true. Oh my gosh. Do not write. Don't send the text. Don't send the email. Put it in the draft folder. Take a moment, two or three minutes, lengthen your exhale, hands on the belly, take some of those diaphragmatic breaths, maybe a stretch or two, and then you can revisit it. And sometimes when you reread it, you are like, oh my gosh, I am so happy I didn't send this yet. I mean, that's at yes. least been my experience. So back to the mindful parenting thing. I saw you have some, it looks like events coming up in the next couple of weeks on Wednesday evening, 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Talk to us a little bit about this. Yes. So that event, actually someone had come to me from an organization called Heart Generation. She really wanted to put a full platform of wellness offerings together for young people and um, and for parents and children to do together. And I had said to her, God, I would love to do something with just adults because I think I think they're just two different conversations to be had. And so I, what I love about this course is, again, the practice and more of the education and then how do we integrate this practice into our day? Like, um, oh, there was this wonderful caricature cartoon in New York Magazine. There were these two women, like little stick figures, and they were on their yoga mats, you know, looking like. <laughs> and then when they left, one of the women rolled up her mat and put it in like a yoga bag. And the other one just draped it on her back. And the one, it was like looking at her like, why do you have it on your back? And she said, because I'm going to try to take it into my day. So we can create that Zen when we're in a special place and calm and steady, but how can we bring that equanimity with us as we move through our life, whether it's in the business world and our home life, our social life with friends. I mean, that's, that's the goal. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you have one coming up on October 19th. I was chatting with my wife this morning. Talk about losing your mind being a parent. I, uh, she's going on a girl's trip with some friends to New Orleans on October 19th. So I have the kids by myself. So I'm just trying to think, uh, help me however possible. Your kids are going to say, Dad, why is your hand on your belly all the time? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm taking my diaphragmatic breaths. Serenity so now, serenity, serenity now. now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share one thing with you, though, as it relates even to, to things like this, because I do these workshops when people ask me to do that. Um, and I was honored to have the invitation, but the challenge with a workshop like this, rather than having something that's offered during the course of your workday is that mo it takes a lot of motivation to get myself to sign up for something and do it in my own, in my spare time. But when there's something that's offered at lunchtime or in the morning and my boss is encouraging me to do it, and maybe my boss is doing it too, now there's much more likelihood that I'm going to make myself, you know, available to do it. And again, we're not asking businesses to, to do this every day of the week or invest, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, even if it's something that you're doing quarterly, right? Um, I think there's really a lot of benefit that you're offering to, um, to your people. And I think they see that they feel that, I mean, the feedback on the chats is like, thank you so much. I so appreciate this. Now I have the tools to do it on my own, right? The audios that I offer or other apps that I recommend. And I can't wait to see you back in a few months. 
Hey, if it's good enough for the NBA, which you have testimonials about, it should be good enough for a lot of the businesses out there that are looking to train their folks in the right way as, as far as training their brain, to have the right mindset, the right mindfulness to be the best employee and the best person that they can be. It's all interconnected. It's not just about business or personal. It's We're all people. Yes, yes. So the meditationlab.org is the website. You can get in touch with Jennifer at jennifer at the meditationlab.org is the email. Any other spots where everyone should be looking for you? That's a great question. Well, I've got on my LinkedIn, I'm oftentimes posting different activities to be done or things that where I'm working and, um, and engaged and on Facebook as well, Jennifer Heller Moness. Awesome. Before I let you go for the day, we are going to revisit the answers to my questions. Who is your Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument? And who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? So you you had you gave me a couple of different TV characters, and they're all ones that I happen to love. Uh, your first one you said was Don Draper from Mad Men, creative director of the good old Manhattan advertising firm. So always, always fun to, to put your face on the, on these types of characters. <laughs> but, uh, Michael Scott was the next one, which is one that I think about all the time. Imagine doing your type of work in the office with Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> oh, it's, it is truly hard to imagine. He's one of my favorites though. Regional manager of the completely dysfunctional Dunder Mifflin in Scranton, PA. Totally awesome. Love it. And then last but not least, you said, Ray Donovan, which I actually thought was it was kind of a surprise, but I kind of liked it. You know, Ray Donovan, professional fixer for the rich and famous in, in L.A., can make anyone's problems disappear except the ones created by his own family and by himself. It's almost in some ways kind of similar to being introspective and doing some of that deep self-reflection, business or personal. There was just something about him. He was so edgy, but he was so steady, no matter it. I mean, when I think about it on a deeper level, when I think about equanimity, like you rarely see him, you see him losing his cool in his home, but when faced with tremendous stress, he's the guy you're going to, right? Yep. Mr. Mr. Steady. Mr. Cool, calm and collected and fixes things and executes. So that's who you're going to look to. But Next, your favorite movie you said was Silver Linings Playbook, which I thought was interesting for all of this. After a stint in a mental institution, former teacher Pat Solitano moves back with, in with his parents, tries to reconcile with his ex-wife. Things get more challenging when he meets Tiffany, a mysterious girl with problems of his own. And I like this because very often the SMBs and companies we work with can feel like mental institutions, very often. Did you see the movie? I actually haven't yet. It is a wonderful movie and and in the as the movie unfolds and he does have a lot of mental health issues that he's navigating and turns to dance falls in love with a girl who who wants to be in a dance competition and learns how to breathe and move and and using the tools and techniques of movement of breath and dance um is able to really become a much healthier person and and he, it's a great story I'm I'm looking forward to cracking it open this weekend, possibly. You said your favorite musical instrument was the piano, played by none other than the piano man himself, Billy Joel, one of my favorites. Probably one of the most popular answers I've had over the last Is couple of right? years. Yeah, probably one of the most popular ones. But I'm I'm a piano and saxophone guy. That's the those are the instruments that I learned along the way. So definitely love my Billy Joel. Thank you so much for joining me here today, Jennifer. Really appreciate it. Love the work that you're doing. Continue to rock in both the schools and the corporate settings. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Stephen. This was fun.
Yep, sorry about the little technology blip there. But coming up next week, a peek into the uh, current real estate market with my buddy Joe Astorita, managing attorney and owner of Astorita and Associates, attorneys at law. Until then, thank you so much for joining us here on Always Friday. We hope you gain some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on talkradio.myc. Bye, everybody. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.